Chris Timberwolves team is so boring. Nothing to talk about. Nothing going on except uh, Timberwolves highlighting NBA All-Star Weekend. Them getting a, an extension done with Mike Conley uh, leading the West and going into the stretch run looking like everything is set up in their favor. They're healthy. They're playing well. Uh, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Let's start with the news of the day. Mike Conley gets a two-year contract extension. I'm all in favor. Uh, are there any worries attached to this deal in your eyes, John? Yeah, not really, Jim. I mean, when you look at the number that million dollars, uh, to me, it's a remarkable bargain for what Mike Conley has meant to this organization since he came aboard, uh, for the role that he has as a starting point guard on this team, for how important he becomes both uh, as they chase the number one seed and then in the playoffs. And to just get that done and get it at that number is, you know, it, I think the Wolves have to be incredibly happy with how that all shook out. And so um, the, you know, I guess it, we can get into it as the show goes along about, you know, what that means for their financial situation going forward and into next season and the years to come. But all in all, I think you have a team that is number one in the West that actually is talking about going to the NBA finals. And he is one of the very most important players on this team and ha had an uncertain future. And so to get him done at essentially $11 million a year is uh, just a fantastic deal for the Wolves. And it's really good for Mike Conley to get some stability that he wanted and to kind of remain here in Minnesota, likely through the end of his career. Yeah, great stuff. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. We have a great sports lineup, great outdoor lineup, variety shows. Check it all out. If you like a show, including this one, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and thanks to Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to the from the, the Aquarius Home Services studios. We want to thank our sponsors, Define Destinations. John will tell you all about a really cool Timberwolves-related trip to Spain later on. TSR Injury Law, our longest-running sponsor, 612-TSR-TIME. Headflyer Brewing, or hosts so many of our great shows, including the one where Chris Finch actually showed up. And Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. John wears the stuff. A lot of people around town wear the stuff. Promo code JohnK20 to get a big discount. And John will also answer a Twitter question uh, related to Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops later. But just remember, go to Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops clothing line store online and use the promo code John J O N K 20. I'll tell you more about that later as well. Uh, what do you think Conley has left? Because, you know, the first reaction I got from a lot of people was, uh, you know, he's so old. It's, it's a risk because he's old. I see a guy who doesn't rely on explosiveness um, and who does, who keeps himself in an incredible shape and who probably won't be asked to play massive amounts of minutes I, I don't I don't see the risk that a lot of other people seem to think yeah there. yeah absolutely I mean when you look at the way that his game has evolved it's much more of an old man game now he is not relying on superior athleticism he's not just crossing people over getting to the paint and dunking on people um he is a guy who is for a long time but especially in the last few years of his career used his instincts and his anticipation and his intelligence to create angles and advantages on the court to make the simple play that keeps offenses moving and i think most importantly 
for the development of his game and the and making sure that it does age well is he's shooting a three-point shot better than he ever has. He's at 44% right now. And so, you know, he has become more reliant on that shot uh, over the last year or two, and that will probably continue going forward. But he has really worked hard to become this just knockdown three-point shooter, and he can do it catch and shoot. He can do it off of uh, pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. Um, he can, he can take it off the dribble. And, and so that element of his game just makes him so valuable to what any team can do. And, uh, you see it, it, you know, even in this season is when he shoots the ball well, when he make, when he is playing well and playing at a high level, the wolves almost never lose. And when he is playing poorly, you know, um, he, he didn't play against Charlotte, uh, he had a couple of really bad games uh, recently where he's one for 11, one for nine, and they lose those games. So it's clear that his performance directly impacts what the team does. And I think that with the way that he shoots the three with, uh, you know, how smart he is and 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 his experience and his anticipation skills, I think that means that he's going to remain a viable player for the next two to three years. and given that you're paying him $11 million a year, you don't need him to be the man. You don't need him playing 35 minutes a night and scoring 22 points and doing those things. You just need him to be a leader, to be kind of the straw that stirs the drink. And I think he's fully capable of doing that for another couple of years here. So how does this impact them? I almost feel silly asking this question. How does this impact them with the luxury tax? And as I ask that question, I'm also going, uh, it's a guy who's about to sell the franchise for, you know, billions of dollars to someone who can afford to pay billions of dollars. I guess the luxury tax just can't be that big a factor, can it? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that are incredibly worried about it. And first of all, I will say I understand some of the concerns. Number one is we have no experience watching what Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie will do when they are cutting all the checks for the franchise. The way that they have carried themselves to this point is that they are going to be aggressive. They are going to go for, you know, the wins and the, when the window is open, they're going to push the chips into the middle of the table. Um, And so their actions and the way that they carry themselves as minority owners would indicate that they are going to be totally fine paying the luxury tax if the team is in championship contention going forward. Uh, they, I think there is a realization that you have to spend money to make money. Um, and so, but all that said, we do not know for sure. We, until you are in that seat, until you're cutting those checks, until you are, you are reaping the benefits and also exposed to the risks, um, it, 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 by, by being the lead dogs, uh, we, we just kind of have to wait and see how that reacts. Now, um, all indications are both from Glenn Taylor and Alex and, and, and Mark it, are that, if this team is Western Conference Finals, if this team is a finals team, they're going to keep it together and they're going to pay that tax. Everybody, every team in the NBA knows that if you really f- fancy yourselves as championship contenders, 
you pay the tax. That's what you just have to do to amass the the amount of talent you need to win championships, which bring financial windfalls, which bring, bring potential arenas and all of those other things to the table. So it's worth the short-term pinch for the long-term gain that 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 is there to be had for it. Um, if for whatever reason they flame out in the first round of this, uh, you know, uh, playoffs, or let's say they start next season and they're really struggling and they don't have, um, they just don't seem to have the same chemistry, the same success that they have had this season so far, they can still make moves next February to get underneath the second apron of the luxury tax to reduce their financial tax burdens and to stay out of paying the tax. You can, you could trade towns, you could trade Jade McDaniels, you could trade Nas Reed, you could trade a bunch of different people to kind of finagle yourself and, and wiggle and get under it. So it's not an immediate, immediate concern right now. Right now, the concern is how do you make this team as competitive as possible to go as deep into the playoffs as possible. And then you make your decisions based off of that. But, um, you know, I would just say that I just don't see any reason to believe that they are not going to pay the luxury tax. If the team proves that it is a true championship contender, Western conference finalist type of a team. And so, um, you know, just I, I've just been kind of fascinated by all of the hand-wringing about it. Yes, there are real team-building kind of constructs that can get in the way with the second apron. Yes, you know, there's there's a lot of financial burden on the owners. It's not your money. It really isn't your money. And they have a young enough core that they don't need to go out and sign a bunch of free agents. Um, they, so I'm just I'm just not one of those guys that is that is losing sleep at night thinking about the second apron of the of the collective bargaining agreement. Nor am I. I look at this. I don't care about the luxury tax. Uh, I don't care what they spend. Uh, it's an indication that they are ready to try to win. And to me, it highlights what, you know, I had a conversation with a Twins executive right after the Gobert trade. And we were just just shooting the breeze. And, and he said, you know, it was just time for this franchise to go for it. And I agreed with him. And he said, you know, this could give us a window of three, four years where we can actually try to contend for some kind of type of championship. And I think everything that has happened since has strengthened that belief. They feel, I mean, what, what's the window now? Two, three years of real championship contention. Yeah, I think it is. And here's, and here's the other part about that too, Jim is the, the new collective bargaining agreement with that second apron, with some of the obstacles that are put in place on big spenders, like, you know, an inability to use the mid-level exception, um, you know, an inability to uh, uh, aggregate salaries to to make a trades. There's there's a bunch of things that that do generally really do make it difficult for teams to keep their groups together over the long haul. That's a real thing. But what that also tells you is that the days of the Spurs or the Warriors, you know, staying in contention for championships for 10 years are going, it's going to be harder to reproduce those. So when your window opens now in this new era, you do have to go for it. And, um, and, and the window is opening for the Timberwolves right now. And so they do have to go for it. And then if that means in three years, it's going to require a step back 
and and kind of a reorganization, that's okay because that probably means that Mike Conley is retiring. That means that maybe Rudy Gobert is is getting up there in age and maybe he's taking less money just like Conley did um, in his latest uh, or in his next negotiation. What it, we don't know what that means for Carl Anthony Towns, um, but they also have this young group. They have a 22-year-old Anthony Edwards, 23-year-old Jaden McDaniels, 23, 24-year-old Nas Reed, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is 24. Like they have a young group of players, and we'll see what Leonard Miller looks like. We'll see what Josh Minot looks like. We'll see some of those others coming up through the, the pipeline, but they have a young core that will be together for a very long time. And does that mean they're going to be championship contenders every year? Maybe, probably not. But it does mean that the makings of being competitive and relevant for a long time is here. It's just that the idea of being championship level for nine years in a row is probably going to be difficult to pull off. So it just makes these next two to three years really important for that first initial push toward a title. Well said. It's an amazing season, amazing thing for those of us who have watched the Wolves since they were stumbling around in the, in the Metrodome, that we just started a show on the Timberwolves in February, and we have, we're about 13 minutes in, and we have not gotten to a Timberwolves coach coaching the Western Conference in the All-Star game and coaching two players and one of them scored 50 points. So, yes, let's get to that. Uh, first, John, tell us about your de- Defined Destinations trip. Uh, I just cannot wait to go on this Defined Def- Destinations trip to Spain. It's to Madrid and Barcelona, August 22nd through 29th of this summer. And I would love for you all to come with me. You go to defineddestinations.com. You search the Spain trip and find the John Krasinski Spain trip, A Taste of Spain. It includes airfare from Minneapolis to Spain. You get a Madrid city tour. You get a Barcelona city tour. You get daily breakfasts. You get tapas and sangria food tours. You get a royal palace tour. You have a a, a local guide that can show you around. Uh, we, we will together have some dinners. We will uh, talk some Timberwolves. We will talk some Vikings. We will enjoy two of the most exotic cities in the world in Madrid and Barcelona. And um, and the great thing about it is we will spend some time together on this trip. And we also have plenty of free time to go about and explore on your own with your your partner, with uh, your 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 child with a, a friend, anyone who you want to bring with, go to defineddestinations.com uh, and sign up to come with me. And I cannot wait for us all to experience this together. I've never been to Spain before. Really looking forward to this. And I would love for you all to come with me. Again, go to defineddestinations.com for a taste of Spain with John Krasinski. I hope you all can join me. I want to thank our longest-running sponsors, uh, sponsor of many shows across the network, TSR Injury Law. You know the drill, 612-TSR-TIME. If you are injured, we hope you never need this number, but if you're injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. You will get good help. They will steer you in the right direction. If they can't help you, likely they will be able to help you. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why they are such a great success story. Just remember, 612 TSR time. All right, let's get to the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend. What struck you most about the Timberwolves experience there? Yeah, you know, it was cool. Um, you know, I was there for f- 3 days in Indianapolis and um you, we we got to see Carl Anthony Towns go 
to uh, second place in the three-point contest. Uh, Anthony Edwards' run through the the uh, skills competition was a little less impressive. Uh, he clearly did not take it seriously. But then, you know, the game itself was what it was. It was kind of a farce, and it's been that way for a couple of years. But I, I will tell you, Jim, that the thing that did stick out to me the most is I did see a different side of Chris Finch. And what we saw in Indianapolis was a coach who was able to stop and smell the roses a little bit. Uh, Here's his team. Number one in the West. Um, You know, they've had a lot of success And just three years ago. He was parachuting in, in the middle of a season in which the team started seven and 29 and Finch didn't know anyone and was trying to get his bearings and just trying to get this team to compete at all. And now here he was with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and his entire coaching staff. And they were really kind of one of the featured parts of all-star weekend. And so you could see in Finch that, you know, this guy who has not very, not been a sentimental coach, not been one to just kind of like look at the larger picture a, a lot of times and 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 just really kind of let it sink in. I think he let it sink in this weekend. There was a moment right before the game, Julius Irving was sitting right next to the West bench. And as we found out from Chris Finch's um, guest appearance on uh, with us at Head Flyer uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Dr. J is like his boyhood hero, his idol. And Finch asked him for a photograph. It's the first time that he's been able to do that um, since he's been in the NBA. And and he he got a picture with Dr. J. And and afterward, he was telling us about it and just like how he felt like a kid walking into the locker room with LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and all of these stars and then taking a moment to enjoy it with Ant and with Kat. And I just thought it was a really interesting and, and cool thing to see this coach who is really grinding and trying to get this team to win as much as possible in the moment, be able to take a breath, look around and enjoy some of the fruits of their labor labor. That's great to hear. Uh, he's, I'm, I've liked Finch all along. I thought he was a good coach all along and, and I think he deserves to enjoy this moment. Uh, I think he's, he's worthy of this. Uh, and you know, as we saw at head flyer, when he came out, it, we've, you, you know, him better than I do. You've known him longer than I have. Uh, but I've always had a good sense of him as a human. And when he came out the head flyer and just act like one of, you know, just an average guy who wasn't in any rush, he, sh- frankly, an NBA coach probably it just has no business going to a, a local, you know, brewery on a Saturday night between games in a season like this. And he was coming, even coming off a tough loss. And he just, you know, he didn't try to back out of it. He didn't try to rush through it. Uh, and so he, I do have, I do think he's a very uh, endearing figure. And I, th- I hope Timberwolves fans recognize recognize that because sometimes fans can only see, you know, can't see past the last loss. Yeah, I mean, yes, I think he is one of the most well-adjusted human beings in the coaching spot that you'll ever run into. Um, he is not, he is not, uh, you know, kind of the 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 glory hound type of guy. He he doesn't have a huge ego. Um, And, but that, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy for him because there is the everyday mentality that he carries with them. And he's one, just, you know, just one of the regular guys, but also 
there is this very much this real competitiveness inside of him. And one of his, the sayings that he tells people around him um, is, you know, the more we win, the more I want to win. And so there's a real hunger and a drive for him that when he gets into the middle of a season and either they are winning, uh, then he's pushing harder to keep that winning going. Or if they're losing and, and having some struggles, he's really, you know, he's feeling it and he's going through it. And so um, I think that it was really beneficial for him to be able to take a few days and just like, go to the the biggest spectacle um uh, in the season for for the for the NBA and have a bunch of people coming up to him and saying wow you got you're doing a hell of a job and hey this is this is really cool to see a team that has not had much success for very long you know have a chance to be right in the mix and then you know he he and I talked you know, for a story at the athletic you know just looking back on his first days in um, you know, in the job. And he told me about how uh, every all-star game when, you know, every all-star weekend in his previous 10 years as an assistant, he would go with a group of friends to Boca Grande, Florida, and just like, you know, kind of take a little breather, have some fun, enjoy the water, um, relax and have a good time. And, you know, they, so he got hired five games before the all-star break in 2021 and all of his friends gathered with him at his house in Tampa, St. Pete area. And, and, you know, you thought it was going to be another celebration after 10 years, he's finally got his head coaching job and, and this is going to be so much fun. And he said, he told me that during that, that all-star break, because they had went Owen five going into that all-star break, he was kind of withdrawn from the party and just saying, are we ever going to win another game? Like that's what he was thinking at the time because of how poorly it had gone in his first five games. And so he was at that point, And now three years later, just three years later, he and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are number one in the West and in the all-star game and in, you know, in all-star weekend together. I just thought uh, you could tell that he was reflecting a little bit, that he was looking back at how far they'd come and how appreciative he was of towns and Edwards for accepting him in a very adverse situation. Um, I think that, I think that was good for him. And, um, and it was really kind of, it was cool to see him soak it up a little bit. No doubt about it. All right. On to once again, Carl Anthony Towns scored 50 points in an all-star game and he's going to be in the third segment. That's how this season is going. We will get to that and what the stretch run looks like for the Timberwolves right now, though, uh, what we want to thank uh, head flyer brewing, but first tell us more about, Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops clothing line and the promo code John K20. Yeah, Shepherd Goods, Lamb Chops clothing line. You've all seen Jordan die uh, courtside at Wolves games, very animated, colorful hair, barking at referees, talking a little smack with opponents, you know, encouraging the the Wolves players. And he, along with some of his friends and, and co-workers, have had Lamb Chops clothing line for years now and it really is kind of starting to really make a come up they have a collaboration with the Timberwolves and that that is that has been sold and they have pop-up stores kind of going all around uh, the city um, they'll have uh, a, just a super cool letterman's jacket that is available a wolves letterman's jacket that's available uh, on occasion at Target Center they're high high quality 
super comfortable clothes, sweatpants, hoodies. I love their shorts. Their shorts are some of the most comfortable and high quality that I've ever worn in my life. Um, and they just do a great job of making very accessible but very stylish clothes that you can wear on so many different occasions. And um, and so you can go to SG, sglambchops.com and, and look at their inventory. Use the promo code JohnK20, J-O-N-K-20 for 20% off your order at Lamb Chops. And, um, and just check it out. There's if you're looking for comfortable, high quality, reasonably priced um, uh, clothing, that is the place to be. And especially for um, a, a company and a group that supports the local teams that is visible there that wants to be involved in the community. It's a great, great group to get behind SG Lamb Chops at SG Lamb Chops on um, on on Instagram and SG Now. Tell us about Headflyer Brewing. Of course, people know about Headflyer Brewing, but tell us more about Headflyer Brewing. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people thankfully know about Headflyer Brewing because they came to our live show with Chris Finch uh, at uh, in Northeast Minneapolis, Hennepin Avenue. If Chris Finch wants to go to Headflyer Brewing, you should all also want to go <laughs> to Headflyer Brewing. It's got great beer. Um, it has a great atmosphere, a super open tap room. They have flat screen TVs everywhere. They want to be a destination for you to watch Timberwolves games, to cheer on the Wolves, uh, to buy some of their super cool t-shirts and merch that they have that are some are kind of dedicated and 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 designed and uh, around the local teams, all of the local teams. And um they have also super friendly bartenders um and 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 pourers of uh, their 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 owners Neil and Nate and and and, and everyone are just great to work with. So um, as I've said before, I was a customer and a fan of Head Flyer a long before they were we had any kind of business relationship with them here at Talk North because they're just it's just really good beer and it's a really cool place to hang out and enjoy it. We are getting to have warmer temperatures. We're gonna start brewing another batch of crunch time beer um, to get going here this spring. So keep an eye out for all of that. But most of all, if you stop into Head Flyer, Tell them John Krasinski sent you and uh, enjoy a beer and and watch some wolves at Head Flyer Brewing. Yep. He thanks to Head Flyer. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. We do appreciate it. Uh, this is, you know, this is how we make this network thrive uh, is with listeners and sponsors. So thank all of you. We do appreciate it. Okay. So Carl Town scores 50 in an all-star game. I know the game is a farce, but to me, I thought this was a really endearing moment. You and I have talked about it a long time. A lot of Minnesotans, do not like Carl Anthony Towns, or they don't like aspects of him or his behavior or his game or the way he talks, uh, you know, during the offseason, whatever they don't like. There are a lot of people who don't like him. Uh, you and I know him to be a very good human being who is liked and respected throughout this organization. Uh, so I, I thought it was a really cool thing that Carl Anthony Towns ended up scoring 50 points in an all-star game. I, I did too, Jim. Um, you know, he... Um... He talked after the game about what it kind of meant for him to be back here after last season when he missed so much time with the calf injury, when he was really uh, you know, adapting to the Rudy Gobert situation and moving to a new position, just kind of grinding through things the way that he did. Uh, I, I think it really resonated with him 
that he was able to perform at a level this season and get the team winning to a level where he was able to gain the recognition of being an all-star this time as a power forward, not as a center recognized, I think a little bit more for impacting winning on this team rather than for just the gaudy stats that he would put up in the past. And so you have that aspect of it. And then you have the aspect of him scoring 50 points. He was five points away from the record uh, for, for an all-star game. And, you know, it's, it's just like, it, it totally boggles my mind because he gets all, he still gets all this hate. Well, they, there was 200 points scored in the, in the game. So, um, who cares about 50 and, and all those things. I don't, you can't, you score 50 points in an all-star game. It's a incredible feat. And the other thing is a lot of the players got rightfully raked for sort of the lack of effort in that game. Carl Anthony Towns was one of the few on the Western conference. that was just actually trying, like he was giving it a real effort offensively trying to score. Uh, he's putting, you know, throwing down crazy dunks, um, you know, running the floor, getting to the basket. And I think that you know, he was just putting in effort and he got rewarded for it. He, the, I think the rest of his team looked at it and said, Hey, this guy wants to play. This guy wants to get after it a little bit. Let's feed him the ball. Let's get him 35 shots like they did. And he took it and he scored 50 and good for him. Like I would just say good for him. He enjoyed it. He soaked up the moment. Um, and he put up an enormous number, uh, whether there was, they whether, you know, uh, one team scored 200 or one team scored 90, I think 50 is a significant moment for him. And just in the bigger picture of where he is as a player of where the wolves are as a team, I think that, uh, he deserved to have that moment. And I liked seeing the smile on his face and, and what it meant to him to, to be able to, to deliver it. No doubt. Uh, again, we're at, this is a remarkable season. This is a really historic moment for this franchise uh, that we've rightfully beat up for so long. They're doing so many things right right now. They're number one in the West, coming out of the All-Star game. The schedule is pretty favorable. They're healthy. They've already added what we thought they needed, which is a backup point guard who can shoot. Uh, what does the stretch run look like to you? Yeah, I mean, the, so there's. I think there's some really – advantageous things for the Timberwolves coming out of the stretch. Um, they are now going to start a 20. It's it. Here's first of all, let's just get to this. It is not the second half of the season. The, right. the half halfway mark is long gone. They have 27 games left. That is not a whole lot left to go and um, chase down this number one seed. They are, they're a game and a half ahead of the thunder so it's a very tight race uh, for for that top seed. But a lot of things do break in their favor, including starting the, sec the, 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 the stretch run, we'll call it, out of the All-Star break with seven straight home games. They have, of their 27 games left, they have 17 at home and 10 on the road. So that in and of itself, the schedule breaks well for them. Um, they, I think the all-star break came at a great time for them. Mike Conley gets a little bit of rest, um, to kind of get some juice back in his legs. Monte Morris stayed in Minnesota during the break for the most part. So he could get some workouts in and sort of get back, you know, keep getting back into shape. 
after missing so much time with his quad injury in Detroit and kind of getting onto the same page here. So that's good. I think Rudy Gobert getting this, just put his feet in the sand for a little bit was probably good for mind and body. Um, so they should be pretty refreshed coming out of it. And they're going to be playing a schedule that breaks largely in their favor. They, they'll have a long road trip um, right after their long homestand. But um, other than that, it's going, the opportunity is going to be there for them. And so uh, if they can continue and use these last 27 games to continue to refine the offense, work on their late game execution, get on the same page in the fourth quarters, then they're going to be very, very dangerous in the playoffs. But I think that's got to be priority number one. Get your offense in check, especially in the fourth quarters, because that is really the only thing holding them back from being a team that can say, uh, we're a favorite to go to the NBA Finals. What is the key to their fourth quarter offense and flow? A lot of it is shot selection and decision making. And one of the issues that this team does run into is that their two best offensive players, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, have historically not been the greatest decision makers. They turn the ball over a little too much. Um, they don't read the defenses. They kind of can uh, pound the air out of the ball and drive into traffic, which either be brings a very contested, difficult shot or a turnover. And so what we saw in like the last four to five games before they went into the break, they won four in a row. They won like seven of nine. Um, and, and I think what you started to see was Towns and Edwards making the simple play more often and not trying to make it harder on themselves and their team by trying to do the spectacular. And so that requires quite a bit of discipline to do that because they are so physically talented that they want to show things off a little bit. They want to have the highlights. They want to be able to just, when, when they see someone in front of them, they rightfully think that they can beat them one-on-one. -on -one. And, and sometimes that works, but I think the key is going to be trusting that if they make simple plays, if they make quick passes, that the ball will come back to them in more advantageous positions and less likely to, have a turnover or have a really tough contested shot. And so if they can make the game easier on themselves, they will make the game easier on their teammates. And um, you, the ball is going to be in their hands a lot late in games. And they're just going to have to learn and improve in how they handle those situations individually and playing more as a collective unit. Uh, for them to take the steps that they need to take in that area. We can talk about this week in Wolves history for hours. We're not going to do that to you. Uh, we're going to save some for the rest of the season and <laughs> the offseason. We have so much we're going to be able to talk about with this team. It's been a fascinating season. It's been it's been a lot of fun. You know, John, covering, covering sports is supposed to be fun. It's not always fun. This team has been fun to cover. Uh, now let's wrap up this show with uh, with – uh, more with your, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling with your Twitter question. Yeah. So every week um, on the John Krasinski show, courtesy of Shepherd goods and lamb chops clothing, we do a, a Twitter question and I, I solicited on Twitter at John Krasinski. And if I pick your uh, question to answer, uh, then I watch your DMs on Twitter and we will link you with SG Lamb Chops Twitter account and they will get you a free beanie um, for for these last 
hopefully these last few days of winter to keep you keep you warm. Um, rem- also a reminder, use the promo code John K 20 J O N K 20 at sglambchops.com for 20% off any of their merchandise there. But this week's question comes from Ryan Colson. And he says, would you say that the Mike Conley extension and how much of a steal it is further supports the statement that there has been a culture shift in the Minnesota Timberwolves? And I do think Ryan is onto something here because the way that Mike Conley has played for the first year and a half of the, or for the first year of this, of his stay in Minnesota, um, it does, he has, he earned more than $22 million on a two year extension. Um, you know, and so, uh, there have been numerous scenarios over the course of the 20 years that I've been covering this team, where if a if the Timberwolves could not pay a player a premium to either come in free agency or stay um, on their team, that that player was gone. They had no interest in sticking around here for cold winters and losing games and revolving doors and GM and head coach and all of those other things. And so for Mike Conley to look at the landscape of the NBA, to look at what the Timberwolves have going and decide I am going to take an offer that is probably not maximizing every single dollar that I could get um, and to stay here. That does say a lot about the organization. Um, He is at this stage of his career. He's talked about it with me uh, saying that, you know, he didn't want to get into a situation where he was puddle jumping at the end of his career to chase rings because he has a young family. He doesn't want to pick them up and move them a bunch of times. He wanted this to work out in Minnesota for the long haul, but it did not guarantee that it was going to. And now when you look at a, from a family life, I think they really like living in Minnesota. Um, they, they have a great house uh, in the suburbs. They, their kids are in schools and in sports. Uh, you know, his wife, Mary, is, is meeting friends and, and, and becoming very social. And, and Mike has settled in here as well. So that all the, the, the style, the quality of life is good for them. But, mo- but I think most importantly in driving his decision on taking this deal was that he has a starting role on a very, very competitive team, which I think that there, you know, there weren't a lot of those opportunities out there. And also with what Chris Finch and Tim Connolly and this whole organization, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, Glenn Taylor, like what everyone has built in terms of the culture is they are changing the franchise into a place that is attractive to players to stay. And so um, I do think that that really did factor in to what Mike Conley was doing in far of his decision-making. If Mike Conley was making this decision five or six years ago on the Timberwolves, I could absolutely see him saying, man, this isn't for me. Get me out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else and 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 uh, get a bigger contract and get a better situation. But the Timberwolves have built a place that players like to be. And that is not the norm around here. So it was a good question and a good observation from Ryan because there are not, there have not been a lot of players who have taken less money to stay in the history of the Wolves organization. Now, one of their most important players is taking less money to stay 
And it's because of the environment. It's because of how competitive that they are and because of the chances that he has to win here. And that's just a unique portion of this franchise's history that we're in right now. Good question. Good answer. Uh, hey, thanks to everyone. And thanks, John. It's a great time for Talk North to have the best Timberwolves show uh, in existence at a time when the Timberwolves are at their absolute best and most interesting. So thanks to everyone. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll be back next week with another another interesting week in Timberwolves. Season.